Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your co-host, Father Anthony Tinker, along with my co-host, Father wow. Peter Wow, I've been promoted to co-host. <laughs> It's a great new year. I'm getting job <laughs> promotions. This is wonderful. Um, we were talking before, like, you know what? All the other like podcasts you listen to have sponsors. So like, should we look into sponsorship? And he's like, no, we should say unsullied by sponsorship. So That's right. Father Peter Teresa is a little shout out to my man Ernie Johnson there. Unsullied by sponsorship, though willing to change that. <laughs> unsullied by syndication, That's but willing right. to change that yeah. as well. Uh, <laughs> We're just doing um, our thing out here in the desert. We are just doing our thing out, our little small thing, and mm-hmm. fine with it. Um, oh, before we get, I mean, we laugh, but then we're going to cry, and then we'll get serious. Oh boy, we're going to cry. Yeah, for I mean, um, we are celebrating or, or mourning as yes. the death <clears throat> of Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth, who I was insp- inspirational, influential to both of us mm-hmm. in our priesthood. I know. Yeah. Um, when I first felt called to the priesthood, it was under his pontificate. Yeah. I remember being at Francis University when John Paul II passed away, Saint John Paul II, and then being there when, uh, at that time, Cardinal Ratzinger was elected to yeah. be Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and then his first encyclical, um, Deus Caritas, was mm-hmm. really impactful, especially because yeah. I think people were kind of wondering, you know, here's the, yeah. the this the, from a former you know leader of the CDF, mm-hmm. like what's he going to come with? And then his first is just on the love of God. That's so beautiful. And uh, yeah. and then uh, Space Alve on faith, mm-hmm. just and then this beautiful Jesus of Nazareth series he did. Right. All those are worth reading if you have not read Deus Caritas Est by Pope Benedict XVI or Space Salve or his Jesus of Nazareth series mm-hmm. that he wrote as Ratzinger, Joseph Ratzinger. And finished as Pope. But, but yep. finished as Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he did not an official papal document. He just wanted to write it as a writer. Right. Um, but it just, we mourn his loss. We pray for his soul. Yeah, ask Mary to intercede for him and yeah. bring him up to be with yes. his son forever. Yes, definitely. Definitely feeling the loss of, of a father. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's been I was I was I was blessed to get to like offer a mass for him. So that was that was great. Which but. has an interesting liturgical note. Yeah. So you traditionally wear red for the funeral of a pope because they are the successor of Peter and Paul in Rome. So if you saw pictures of his funeral, you would have seen all the cardinals wearing red, Pope Francis in a red cope. And so uh yeah, usually for funerals you wear, you know, purple or white or black. But for Pope, a Pope gets red. That's yeah. incredible. I did yeah. not know that fact. Yeah. Until yeah, I, knew, I didn't know until me. until this. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember that from John Paul's, but really beautiful. We are talking about a pastoral response to <clears throat> gender dysphoria. Yes, and we've gone through a book, um, uh, sexual identity, mm-hmm. um, the past number of weeks. If you haven't been, been joining us, I highly recommend it. Um, but. Uh, we want to really talk, uh, we're going outside the book this time and really going into our pastoral response. How do we talk to and interact with and minister to our brothers and sisters uh, who either brothers and sisters in Christ because they're Christian or simply brothers and sisters yes. um, uh, in our uh, fellow humanity who are struggling with gender dysphoria? Yeah. And so we're really going to use um, as our, our backdrop mm-hmm. um, an article um, by Most Reverend Michael Burbage from the Bish- uh, Bishop of Arlington. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called A Catechesis on the Human Person and Gender Ideology. Yeah. And that's A Catechesis on the Human Person and Gender Ideology. Uh, a beautiful kind of laying out, not just the pastoral response, but kind of every aspect of mm-hmm. response yeah. uh, to this difficulty. I just want to start with a quote that he starts with in his introduction. It's yeah. from Pope Francis. He says, Today, children, children 
are taught in school that everyone can choose his or her sex. Why are they teaching this? Let us not play with truths. It's truth that behind all this, we find gender ideology. In books, kids learn that it's possible to change one's sex. Could gender, to be a woman or to be a man, be an option and not a fact of nature? This leads to this error. Let us call things by their names. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so our Pope uh, really calling it out and saying, we have to speak truth. Mm -hmm. We have to speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's where the first thing I want to talk about is language. As yep. we get into kind of um, Bishop Burridge's pastoral response, he moves into the language we have to use. And he starts, um, <clears throat> those asserting a transgender identity and or seeking to transition often adopt new names and pronouns that reflect their desired identity and insist that others must use the chosen names and pronouns. Such use might seem innocuous and even appear to be innocent, an innocent way of signaling love and acceptance of a person. In reality, however, it presents a profound crisis. Yeah. We can never say something contrary to what we know to be true. To use names and pronouns that contradict a person's God-given identity is to speak falsely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and this is, I think, an important point, but probably a controversial point. For sure. Because um, <clears throat> just happened to me, and you know, having a wedding, and yep. um, the, one of the family members of the couple to be married is um, would like to be called by a male name, even though they are a female, mm -hmm. because they're self-identifying as male, and they want to put it on their little tag for dinner. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, well, is that okay? Mm -hmm. Like to be called this person by another name. And is yeah. it is okay to use just the different names, use different pronouns, yeah. and you know, do we need to make a big deal of this, et cetera? And and Bishop Burbage is saying, well, language is important. Yeah. That the language you use signals something. You mm -hmm. know, might say, okay, they want to be called by one name and another name. Is there yeah. that big of a deal? Uh, one pronoun and another pronoun, is there that big of a deal? But I think we would stand and, and say we have to speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. Um, and that to speak the truth. And to love someone means to speak truth. Mm -hmm. That you can't be loving without speaking the truth. It doesn't mean you have to be harsh about it. It's meant to beat them over the head right. about it. But it does mean that the loving thing to do is always to speak the truth um, and not to uh, yeah, begin to fall into the first step, I guess, in the process of the slippery slope, and that is that of language. Mm -hmm. No, and, b and before that, he quotes uh, Paul the Six, um, where Paul the Six says, only what is true can ultimately be pastoral. Only, and then we can, you know, maybe you say for the only what is true can really be loving. Um, and so I think in in our response to this, and 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 so often our, our we're just moved to just um, be compassionate, to be loving towards these people that um, you know we might see as confused or suffering and our heart goes out for them. And so we just want to, um, we want to be kind to them. We want to be compassionate to them. Um, but, and also recognizing that, that it's not loving if there's not true. Um, and so, yeah, that this is definitely a, a controversial point, I would say, you know what I mean? In, in the language that we use, um, but, but language is, is incredibly important. And, and I think what's also just, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about these things abstractly. We, you know, we went through the book and that was certainly, you know, kind of just talking abstractly. And now we're getting down into the pastoral, into the nitty gritty of things. And and I'm sure people's questions about this have to do with real concrete situations. Um, and those are, those are real relationships. And so all of these conversations, you know, have to take place in the context of a real relationship with a real person. And so... Um, that conversation might be, be gradual, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you want to just kind of, 
um, just create the, a, a way for this to, to be talked about, maybe dispassionately and honestly and, and, and lovingly and charitably, but, but also recognizing that um, we have to speak truthfully um, to those that, that we really, really do love. For those who might have heard the name of Jordan Peterson, this is one of the ways in which he mm. kind of made his uh, his rise you know, oh, yeah. into the, into people's uh, recognition. He was a, a professor at University of Toronto, I'm pretty sure, and <clears throat> there was this call for all the professors to start speaking, um, basically gender neutral pronouns or diff- opposite pro- whatever pronoun the, the right. student wanted to speak, and he refused. <clears throat> and and it obviously became a very controversial issue. Yeah. Um, but all that to say that, it, one, it is a controversial issue, but two, that um, there's a culture that wants us to basically give in and, and say, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. And, and I think kind of echoing what you just said, um, the truth always matters. Mm-hmm. And and to speak, and we've talked about it these past you know few weeks, that that the truth of the person to their core, and the, the very biologically, psychologically, yeah. theologically, philosophically, to the core of their being is who they are as a male or female. Mm-hmm. And and to lie about that, to speak untruth mm-hmm. about that is to speak falsity by the very core of a person. And once we get that core off base, everything everything's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And kind of we've started the podcast at the very beginning when we're doing yeah. the introduction. And I think Maz is like, why is this important? Yeah. And I talked about, well, it's important because, you know, for as a theological issue, well, you could say, um, only only males can be ordained to the priesthood, mm-hmm. for example. Right. And it's like, well, what if I identify as a male? Yeah. And, and, and again, we'll just go around it. Like, okay, it's, it's only males. You're right. I identify as a male. So why is that not okay? And we, uh, we are sitting here from a very important theological perspective, which is the perspective of truth. <clears throat> yeah. Of course, you have to do it in love. It's not, again, yes. how we do this is important. We're yes. going to get to that in a minute. But we, gotta, we have to start with what we're saying. And that is we, we can't start with this lying of, uh, of speaking falsely about someone's um, gender pronoun. Particularly in the case for children. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, he gets into that later, but, but just, you don't want to, to mislead or to continue to misguide or confuse, um, a child who is still developing. <clears throat> and then he moves on to talk about kind of his advice for clergy catechists and teachers. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're in the pastoral role of yes, being clergy like yeah. us, or maybe out, out there you're a teacher or maybe a catechist mm-hmm. and you're faced with this issue. Like, what do we do if... Someone comes in and wants, you know, is questioning this mm-hmm. and is claiming a transgender identity. And obviously he says it's essential to listen yeah. and to seek to understand their experience. Mm-hmm. And we have to start there. Mm-hmm. And we talked about what we, how we want to speak the truth in love, but we do need to listen. And Pope Francis is obviously very big on this. That yes. the, one of the first steps to do is to listen and seek to understand what is your experience? what, what yeah. Where are you coming from? And then to shift and say they need to know they're loved and valued, mm-hmm. and the church hears their concerns and takes them mm-hmm. seriously. It's not just dismissive, like, "Well, I'm not going to call you she because you know you're wrong. Right? You're wrong. It's all black and white. Yep. It, it's it's like, well, let me listen to your story. Mm-hmm. Let me show that you're loved and appreciated. Let me sympathize with the difficulties you're going through, so yes. that you know you have dignity as a person beloved by God. And that's what I want to affirm. And then from there, we have to challenge their feelings and beliefs. Mm-hmm. We need to, uh, to need to show them affirmation. To their, to their core of who they are as beloved by God. At the same time, we have to challenge their feelings because um, a lot of it has to do with feelings or these other beliefs which you say are not based in mm-hmm. truth. And, and that's why it's, we have to equip ourselves with truth and know yeah. the truth. But it comes from a place of listening, not not from a place of, of um, 
uh, one a deb- uh, of hatred, but mm-hmm. even even different, like a, a place of um, uh, where there's not dialogue involved, because mm-hmm. you really want to listen and know the person. Like I can't pretend to listen, but actually listen to the person. Yeah, it's like a, a Mormon technique. If you haven't heard this, <laughs> they, they're actually Jehovah's Witnesses. They're actually taught to like smile and nod when you're speaking, but not actually to listen to what you're saying. Oh, that's interesting. So they'll never actually like re- like give you what's called respect of listening. Yeah, they're actually like reflecting what you're yeah. saying. Like, oh, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. But just be like, well, and just move to the next point. Yeah, because um, they're they're taught not to listen. But in reality, like, well, as pastors, teachers, catechists, we're taught to listen. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is to reflect. And it's like, what I'm hearing you say is, and really reflect, okay, what I'm hearing you say is, and really, I want to come to understand you because you're mm-hmm. a person who's loved and cared for. Yeah. But at the same time, I need to challenge mm-hmm. because I can't hold, I can't love you by just being, oh, okay, well, that's okay. Everybody, it's not, we're not relativists. We don't say right. everybody can believe whatever they can believe. We challenge by saying, well, we'll have to show you the truth of what the church has taught. Yeah. You know, he, he begins by saying, or he says before that, that, you know, the church does not teach um, that people who experience gender dysphoria or confusion are immoral or bad. Um, you know, so we just want to kind of get that out of the way at first, that these people aren't um, immoral people or bad people because they are suffering with this. And then this listening that we're talking about and seeking to understand their experiences, um, that this is where we love them. This is where we love anyone who who comes to us. Um, and, and is carrying some pain, some, some burden, um, where you just want to just honor their experience, their, their life experience, whatever that is. And, and obviously those who are struggling with gender dysphoria have, have probably experienced some very difficult things. Um, and, and to just make a, a sacred space for their, for their heart to be shared, for their story to be told, and then to be received by uh, someone with a collar or someone with a habit or or someone who is holding some position of authority in the church um, is so, so important. You know what I mean? That that we care enough about them just to hear their their stories and and maybe even and just cry with them at the things that have happened with them and, and just to kind of be with them in their pain. Um, but then also to love them so much um, that you want to share with them the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ and the love of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and this is where then where we want to give them that. We love them so much that we don't want to withhold with them the, the truth and the goodness of God's plan for them, um, which would be um, to find um, resolution and acceptance of their God-given biology, um, regardless of what their experience is. And so um, that's why that, 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 that listening and that relationship are, are so, so important um, to actually receive the other um, and to make space in our hearts, to not be threatened by what they're experiencing, um, but just to, to love them, to suffer with them, but then also them to just offer them what we know to be good news, you know what I mean? And not something that is going to hurt them. Um, we don't have to be afraid that the gospel is going to hurt anyone. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and I think you, you said it so beautifully that um, this is accompaniment. Mm-hmm. It's a journey mm-hmm. that we can't think, oh, I'm going to have this conversation and they're going right. to realize the truth. It's going to be yep. a lightning bolt from heaven and they're going to finally realize yep. it. It's like, there's usually a lot of woundedness and a lot of yes, hurt and a yes, lot of yes. struggles mm-hmm. that have to be peeled back layer by layer. Mm-hmm. And and that's why we we accompany, we walk with mm-hmm. and we help people to come to know truth. 
Um, we don't let them stay in their lives, mm-hmm. um, stay in the difficulties. But at the same time, we don't we don't feel like we just stay in the darkness of 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 what the world has yeah, done exactly. to them. You know what I mean? But at the same time, we don't. It's not like we don't have to feel like they have to go from mm-hmm. their dark room into the, no brightly lit yep. room because the eyes aren't ready for mm-hmm. it. It might be slowly lighting a candle, yep, and then another candle, yeah, just to start to bring light into the darkness of yep. their hearts. He next it talks about parents, yep. um, and he he says from you from parents. Children will learn the truth of who they are, the dignity of the human body, the meaning of human sexuality, and the glory of their being children of God. Nothing can substitute for the school of the family. So he's talking about how you parents have a very, very important role for forming your children for their identity, who they are. And even when they're struggling, you have that responsibility and role. And don't stop doing what you're doing of, of, of promoting the truth in their hearts and their lives so that they come to know their true identity. He says, but we have to be warned because the culture is fighting against that. And yeah. we have to guard. We're, we're protectors of the home. Mm-hmm. You, parents, you have a responsibility to protect your home. If there was a man yeah. with a gun at your door, <laughs> you would yeah. not let him in. Yeah. The TV, the phone, the internet right. Right. are like a man with a machine gun who's walking into your children's life and shooting. <laughs> That's that is a, that is a visual right and there, and you're just like you're just yeah. letting him in. Yeah. In fact, you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I encourage you to do this because I'm I have other things to do. Mm-hmm. I, I can't warn you enough that these are tools mm-hmm. and can be tools, and they're not necessarily evil, which is why they're so insidious. Mm-hmm. But there are things out there that are on the internet in particular, yeah. but are even being shown in movies, in TV, in, in chat rooms, in yep. social media, et cetera, that are, that are going against everything you're trying to teach your children. Yeah. And the identity that you're called to give your children as parents, it's being fought against by this culture that you have to protect your children from. Just like with a, if a man had a gun yeah. on your front door, you would not let him in. You can't let that into your home. Mm-hmm. You can't just let them in and start romping around and shooting your children because mm-hmm. our children are dying yeah. from these wounds they are experiencing dying spiritually dying emotionally from the culture that's on the attack so we have to be aware of what our children are taking in we have to be present to them and in working with them and put up the the guards put up the um the filters mm-hmm. put up everything that's needed to prevent um anything that is not wholesome not holy and not of god from entering into the home yeah and just to acknowledge the incredible burden on parents in our day and age um and he talks about you know that requires a vigilance um and and i think every parent in every age has you know has needed vigilance in in raising their children but but kids are exposed to so much more today than they ever have been even more than when you and i were growing up you know what i mean it's just sort of that was sort of the sort of the advent of the internet really making, you know, it's inroads in, into homes and things like that and um and and all that exposure. And so like that is that's really taxing. That's really tiring. You know what I mean? And and there's probably a lot of families out there who just, you know, their kids have as much screen time as possible and they're interacting with these kids at school and they're going to be seeing things on other kids' screens and 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 you know, you probably can't guard I don't know if you can or not, you know what I mean? Like it, it's very, very difficult, but um, but we just have to do our best. Uh, yeah. We have to. We have to try. Um, I I can imagine just the the weary and the toil and the struggle that it is. But but take heart, you know. Yeah. Take courage um, and and find support um, to to keep just doing the right thing. Um, just do the the next right thing, um, and and just 
Because, because like you're saying, like there are just incredible, the, the exposure is unbelievable. I mean, I think part of the, 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 the dawn of this, this podcast series for, for me at least was, was, um, just being in, in someone's home and then just like the, the, either the morning or the nightly news was on and like, they were just sort of like celebrating something transgender. And I was just like, wow, this is way mainstream right now. You know what I mean? And so like, um, I know you're just seeing it everywhere and, and, you know, you're gonna have to discern how you're going to interact with, with media and the world and school and all that thing. But, but, but we just have to fight for the best thing for our children. Yeah. And, and uh, the bishop goes on to talk about how hard it is for parents yep. if your children are struggling, mm-hmm. right? They have this responsibility and you're fighting this battle. You're yep. trying to get an identity. But sometimes uh, the battle is being lost mm-hmm. and your children begin to self-identify um, opposite of their their born gender, the gender they were born with. Yeah. And, uh, and we might be tempted, he says, to think yeah. um, or feel that the church, the Catholic church is at odds with what's good for the child. Mm-hmm. That basically like, I have to choose between my child and my faith, mm-hmm. um, which is a false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the the, the, tr- the truth is always what we should be choosing, is always what we should be um, striving for. And obviously the Catholic Church has the fullness of truth. Mm-hmm. And you can still fully love the truths of the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and fully love your child. In fact, it's necessary. It's the strength that's gonna help you and, 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 and give you the authentic love He's, and as he says, authentic love for the, for your child, child is always aligned with the truth. Yes. Um, and that, that you have to recognize that happiness and peace are not found in rejecting the truth. Um, we've got to resist these simplistic solutions yep, yep. Um, by advocates of gender ideology that says, well, the, the real reason for the parent happiness is difficulties. And if we just accept them as a new gender, they're mm-hmm. going to be happy. We, right. we talked about how wrong that was doesn't in work. the previous podcast. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. The, the gender affirmation um, therapy, it doesn't uh, mm-hmm. work when it's affirming the wrong gender. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to accept the body as a gift from God and, and talk about how we can live even if we're struggling and how to help children through mm-hmm. the struggle, but find it and identify with the truth despite this tr- struggle. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. Yeah, and he says, you know, they should strive to discover and address the real uh, reasons for their children's pain and unhappiness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's, um, I think the, especially with children, you know, for sure, I think that dysphoria is is a symptom and not the sickness. You know, there's something else and that's manifesting itself in this, whether that's, you know, bullying or, or some other experience where, you know, they feel alienated from their person, their sexuality, their body. Um, and, and that's holy ground. You know, I mean, people's wounds and people's pains are, are really holy ground. And, and, and to, to make a space that's safe for your children to share that so you can love them and receive that and actually heal that. And then not just kind of affirm the, the, the symptom, but, to really love them and, and something that has really hurt them can be, you know, I think just a, a profound place of, of, of grace and love for you and your child. Um, although very, very difficult, very, very difficult. I mean, I, I would encourage people to go back to the podcast we did with Sheila mm-hmm. on, I think that was the psychological healing section. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and listen to her story mm-hmm. about the healing that occurred when the wounds were, were healed. Yeah. That when she got back to the, the core wounds, yeah. Um, that she was struggling with from her childhood and the trauma she'd experienced. Mm-hmm. She was able to heal from a lot of these symptoms, um, the running, the drug use, yep. um, the the multiple 
uh, partners, et cetera, mm-hmm. because she got to the core wound. Yeah. And I, that, that's that's so important. Mm-hmm. It's so important to really get down to the core of, of where the healing is needed and invite yeah. Jesus into that place. Amen. And then finally, we get into those who are struggling. Yes. And, and, and this is, I mean, obviously, uh, for those who are listening or struggling, but also for those who are interacting with those who are struggling, um, how we should interact with these individuals. And, and um, we all have a struggle. And that struggle is unique because mm-hmm. we're all unique. Yeah. It's it's it, it's it's the kind of the beauty of of God and the beauty of creation mm-hmm. that He wants to be loved in billions of different ways. Yeah. And so He created billions of different people because yeah. we can each love Him in a unique way. The way in which I love the Lord and the way you love the Lord are different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like with yeah. your children. Like yeah. you don't the love of one child is not the same. It's not like oh with all their child the love is equal. Yeah. Like the the experience of the love of each child is both a unique and mm-hmm. a blessing, and it fills you up in a much different way, mm-hmm. but a much a very satisfactory way. Because yeah. though they're both love, just the way in which children give their love mm-hmm. is so much different. And because it comes from their uniqueness as a person, yeah. because each person is unique. But at the same time, because we're all unique, we all have our unique struggles. Yeah. And so for those who are struggling in this gender dysphoria, um, he encourages us and the Lord encourages us don't, not to feel alone and abandoned mm-hmm. um, in the struggle. Because many feel alienated in their bodies, yeah. Um, like they're supposed to have a different one, yeah. And then though though we may struggle, God's unrelenting love for you means that He loves you in the totality of your body as well. Mm-hmm. And your body is a part of the person whom God loves. Mm-hmm. The, the uniqueness comes from the body of who mm-hmm. you are. And to say, well, I want something different. I want is to is to walk away from the gift you've been given, even yeah. if it doesn't feel right. It feels alien, and it's not. Um, and those different struggles, and they're really important. But to recognize that God loves the person who you are as you are, and you don't have to go to the simplistic solutions. Mm-hmm. He says of changing your name, changing your pronoun, changing the appearance yeah. of your body yeah. to make it feel as if. Well, that's what's going to lead to my acceptance because yeah. you're accepted already as you are who you are in the identity in the gender you've been given birth. Yeah, no, I love that, that everyone's struggle is unique, that everyone's cross is personal. Um, and, you know, and we are called to to help people carry that cross, to love them in that. Um, and then he says that um, just the, the God's unrelenting love um, and that God does love um, each and every one of us um, unrelentingly, um, unconditionally, infinitely, um, and and, and the experience, you know, of just not being loved and wanting to be different so that I can be loved and accepted. Um, and then to give someone the experience of just being loved um, as the gift that they have been made to be. And they don't have to make themselves into something else in order to to feel resolution or acceptance or whatever it might be. But, um, I mean, that's what... that. that I mean, God has just made us and loves us in that way. Um, and, and the ways in which we've been wounded, you know, grieves his heart and wants to heal those things. Um, but not by changing the gift, but but restoring the gift um, so that it can remain the gift. I remember I was in campus ministry and there was a girl who had changed her hair color. Mm-hmm. And she came in and was like, well, Father, what do you think? And And I was like, well, your hair looks really pretty. But I want you to know that no matter what color your hair is, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was because she was looking for yep. the exterior to say, well, I, does this make me more beautiful? Mm-hmm. Am I more beautiful? And I wanted to get to the core, and, and whether or not it was on perfectly. But, but, but you're, kind of with what you're saying is the core is you're beautiful mm-hmm. for who you are. Yeah. And that beauty has very little to do with your exteriors. Mm-hmm. 
um, that we're gonna they're gonna fade. You know, if you marry your wife because you think she's externally pretty or you marry your husband because she's externally pretty, I tell you what, by the time they have 40 or 50, it's fading. You know, they're not they're not that 20-year-old you fell in love with externally. Mm-hmm. But if you can fall in love with what's truly beautiful about right. the person, which is much more than the physical, mm-hmm. then they become very, very, very beautiful. And it's so beautiful to see husbands and wives who are truly yeah. in love because yeah. they, they'll say that's it's the most beautiful person in the world. Yeah. And like from your perspective, you're like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of... <laughs> From the externals, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. The world, yeah. the world might look at that way, but we don't look that way. That's right. And yeah. the truth and God is, doesn't look that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. For you as a husband, I hope that you find, or you as a wife, I hope you find your spouse to be the most beautiful person in the world, mm-hmm. because you love them for the beauty of who they really right. are. Yeah. Um. And I guess we just want to speak out, and I want to encourage you if, if you know someone struggling with gender dysphoria to reach out to them in this way. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that says you're beautiful for who you mm-hmm. are at your core. Yeah. And externals will never affect that beauty because that beauty is who you are. And if you're struggling, it's really hard. But changing the externals is not gonna um is not gonna make you happy. Yeah. And I mean we have explained it for the past I don't right. really have to get back into the yeah. details of why, but it is for for pastorally, how do the pastoral mm-hmm. response is is really pointing to the beauty of the person, mm-hmm. the uniqueness, the dignity, the worth. Because um, as as and these beautiful examples show, like it, true beauty has very little to do with the externals. Mm-hmm. It's one small factor yeah. that fades. That that to find someone truly beautiful, you have to look into the heart where the Lord looks, and where we're all supposed to look at the person. And we have to let ourselves. But at the same time, we have to let ourselves be seen yeah. in the heart. And that's also a big problem. And this is uh, again the the quick fix of the society is, well, you don't have to be seen because all of us don't want to be seen. We don't want to be seen. We don't want to be known. We want to hide. It's kind of funny. We have junior high kids. They're all still wearing their masks. And for very few of them, it has to do with COVID. Right. It very much has to do with hiding. Mm-hmm. I just want to hide because I don't want to be known mm-hmm. because I'm afraid to be known. And I think we all struggle with that at one in one level or another. And I think it's important for us to, to recognize we're known, we're loved, and we need to reach out to those who are struggling to help them know they're known and they're loved. It's a... Uh... You know, this, you were talking about just the cultural influences, the forces and how mainstream this is and just the, the powers of media and all these things. And, and that that picture can seem very daunting and overwhelming. And, and how are we ever going to turn the tide of the culture and things like that? And, 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 and God's not really asking us to do that. God's just asking you just to love the people before you. Yeah. Um, and so whatever their particular struggle, their pain, their crosses, um, just to love them. Um, just to love them with the truth of the gospel, that the truth and charity always go hand in hand. Um, and so you don't have to solve all of the world's problems. You just have to love um, the souls in front of you. Um, I do want to recommend for people who, who would like to look at this, this yeah. beautiful article that's on the Arlington Diocese website. It's arlingtondiocese.org. It's an article by um, Bishop Michael Burbage. It's called A Catechism on the Human Person and Gender Ideology. And if nothing else, then to go to these beautiful resources, yeah. especially for support. So there's mm-hmm. a section for support. Courage is a really beautiful and encourage really beautiful outreaches of the Catholic Church. Yep. Um, there's also uh, Partners for Ethical Care. Um, person and identity, mm-hmm. which is personandidentity.com yeah. or partners for ethical care is partners for ethical care.com. Courage is couragerc.org. Um, sex change regret, yep. sex change regret.com. Um, society for evidence based gender medicine, segm.org, and truth and love, that's truthandlove.com. Yep. These are all beautiful support 
mm-hmm. websites for those who are struggling yeah. that you can go to, look at, um, and because it's not just about the knowledge. We've talked about the knowledge right. for a number of episodes because uh, it's important to know. Yeah. At the end of the day, the knowledge is only a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. You have to get into the heart. And a lot of people just need support and encouragement yeah. and love yeah. in the midst of what they're going through. And we want yeah. to offer that and know that you are loved, you are cared for. Um, and and we, we certainly um, want to show you that love and encouragement and support. And please reach out, uh, info at becomefire.faith. If you're struggling or you know someone's mm-hmm. struggling and you just want to talk about it um, and, and, and know that we'll show you the love and support that we can offer in the midst of Amen. the difficulties you're going yeah. through. Um, well, this is our 99th episode if you can believe it i really cannot so i don't know how we made it through but praise god yeah surprisingly (laughs) we made it this far um so next week's 100th and we're gonna do something special for 100th Mm -hmm. um so please uh join us next week for our 100th episode and uh also uh please continue to pray for us and if you do have any questions any desired as we finish this uh book series uh or the discussion on this book um did you like it did you not like it right, did you want yeah. to do more books yeah. is there a book you recommend yeah uh, what do you want us to talk about how do you want us to move forward we love your feedback it really mm-hmm. helps us we already have have some uh emails with um desired podcasts that Great. are out there so that's very helpful to us um so please info becomefire.faith um email us and let us know or just go to our website becomefire.faith and contact us so we can know uh, what you want and how we can better uh, minister to you because it's a part of our ministries to yeah. help and answer some of these questions yeah. and just talk about you know random catholic things 2023 the year of the people the year you got to give the people what they want father yeah so it, it, it could be, beware, beware. Right. We could be wearing wigs over here. Oh, no. Well, good thing it's just an it's, audio exactly. podcast. We don't have video yet. <laughs> sure, I'm wearing a wig right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to ask, do you have a favorite memory for our question of the day of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI? Um, something that really strikes you. Um, and I'll give you some time to think. Mine's yeah, come to please. Me. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I had the chance of being a papal audience in Rome. Wow, yeah. I was a student at Franciscan University. And we got there early. Like I was one of those crazy kids who got up at like whatever, three or four in the morning to get up to be the first in line mm-hmm. so you could run in, yeah. so you could get next to the fence so that when the Pope mobile goes by, you're like right there. Yeah. Um, so I was right there as he was driving by and just seeing him, you know, face to face and, uh, and having, again, been inspired by his encyclicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was De, Deus Cartes S at that time. I don't think you're in space Salva yet, um, mm-hmm. but just being inspired by him. Um, his his faithfulness, his prayer, who he was, and just to be in the presence of of Peter, you know, the vicar of Christ, it was really a touching moment for me. Um, so I, that was part of my, and I, I went to a papal mass of his as well wow. in Washington D.C. Yeah, um, when he was in Washington D.C. Yeah, um, and also he kind of drove across the mall of of Catholic University. He was going to a meeting. I was pretty close to him as well. Wow, maybe even closer than the papal. Yeah, but when you're at the mass, you're like, hello, <laughs> like in the in the outfield, you know. <laughs> yeah, unless he's gonna hit a home run, you know, I'm gonna yeah. go see him up up and close and personal. But just those interactions, you able to see the. Person, be yeah. close to the person of Pope Benedict. I think we're, we're touching moments for me in his pontificate. I don't have anything so personal. I never got to be where he was. I was never in Rome during his pope, and and I I do remember him actually coming to the United States. Now I think it was in New York as well, and mm-hmm. but um I, I I didn't get to to attend any of that. But I would say probably my fondest memory of him is spending like the Triduum with him. So in college. I would just read all of his homilies every Easter Triduum. So I would like wait for his like Holy Thursday homily to come out and I would like take that to prayer and read it and then his Good Friday and then his his vigil. So I would I would he was always kind of like 
my my shepherd through the triduum. That's awesome. So those are probably my my yeah. fondest memories of. Oh, praise God. A great, a great inspiration. If that's something you'd yeah. like to consider doing, yeah. I was to no, yeah, his homilies of, during those days were always so beautiful. His Tritum homilies still yeah. available. Mm-hmm. Um, would you just close us in a prayer to end our kind of our series? Absolutely, yeah. In the name of Father and Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, we just commend this uh, podcast series to you. We just ask that any ways in which it was uh, deficient or or lacking, we just ask you just make up for it and just bless this work. Um, and just just mother all of those who who bear this cross in their life, whether uh, personally or someone they love, they know is struggling with this, um, just to be present with them, to, to be a mother to them, to comfort them, to intercede for them, um, and to give them strength to to keep doing um, your, the will of your son um, and, and to love um, and, and to carry the cross um, with grace and with peace and with courage. May the blessing of Almighty God come upon each and every one of us. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. Happy 23. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.